Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is Jonah Berger. He is the author of the New York Times bestselling Contagious, Why Things Catch On, and is the James G. Campbell Jr. Assistant Professor of Marketing at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So, Jonah, thanks for joining me. John, thanks so much for having me. So, one of the contentions of this book, and I think there are a lot of people that would say that uh, uh, you know, we're, a lot of what we're going to talk about is contagious. We're not really going to talk about diseases. We're going to talk about contagious in a good way um, uh, for, for a business. Um, and, and so this idea of having something going viral so that millions of people are sharing it and, and you're getting all kinds of new uh, exposure that in many cases you didn't pay for, uh, a lot of people would suggest that there's it's just luck. I mean, there's just, you don't plan it. It just you do something, and who knows why it catches on. Your your contention is that it's actually science, isn't it? Definitely. And there there are two key points in your question. First, uh, our research shows that it's not luck. It's not random. It's not chance. Why some things catch on and become popular? There's a science behind word of mouth. Uh, by understanding why people talk about and share certain things rather than others, uh, companies and organizations can can grow their business. Uh, and the second thing that's really important is you mentioned the word viral, uh, and that's part of what I study, why things go viral on the web. But I, but I also understand and, and study why things get more word of mouth offline. Uh, and most small businesses would be really happy if they got a video that got 10 million views. But for the most part, what they really like is 10 to 20% more customers. Uh, and so the key is how to turn those initial customers, those existing customers, into advocates how to get them to talk about and share your business and help you bring new business in. Yeah, no, that's a great point because I, I think most small businesses actually do live on word of mouth, but but what we're suggesting is a way to actually amplify that and, and really make it a significant part of, of how you um, systematically grow your business. Definitely. Uh, word of mouth is, is the main way that small businesses grow, and, and this is a way to sort of give a kickstarter or a boost to that process. One of the other contentions that you that you talk about is why this is so important is because um, you know we've gotten really good at 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 just either not listening or or blocking out you know do not call lists um, you know email spam filters uh, satellite radio DVRs I mean there's lots of ways for us not to have to be exposed to advertising um, so um, you know what you know how do you think I mean there used to there was a time when uh, I just I just read a, a, a history of of um, Pepsodent and how that uh, toothpaste you know became uh, uh, very popular even though people didn't really you know brush their teeth or buy toothpaste uh, at at the time and and advertising you know you go back to the Mad Men you know shows advertising really dictated you know how we made decisions but that's no longer true is it? Advertisements are essentially an interruption. You're watching television, you're reading a magazine, you're listening to the radio, uh, and you have to sit through some period of interruption, uh, a break in what you want to be doing, uh, so that you don't have to pay to do that thing. You don't have to pay to watch the television or pay as much for the magazine as, as you might otherwise. And lots of technologies have come about to allow consumers to skip those interruptions, uh, and consumers have learned not to pay attention to those interruptions because they're often not useful. Uh, word of mouth is over 10 times as effective as traditional advertising. We trust it. We, we know our friends are out to help us, not just to sell us something. And it's much more targeted to our interests. We're going to tell us about something uh, that has nothing to do with who we are, unlike ads, which often do that. And so 
we're much more likely to listen to word of mouth than we are to listen to advertising. Yeah, because my, my friends, for example, a restaurant, you know, I could read a review in a restaurant and that's really relative, but my friends know that I'm a vegetarian and the kind of uh, place that, that I like to go to and their wine list and, you know, all those types of things. So when they make a recommendation, it holds so much more weight. Definitely. If, if you know someone has preferences like yours and they like something, that's a great signal that you're going to like it as well. Yeah, I think that's why sometimes social communities that are built around, you know, common beliefs or, or themes uh, carry so much weight because there'll be people that, that, that you may not know at all, but you know a little about them based on some of their choices, and, and that kind of puts them in your club. As long as we're similar in some way or we think we're similar in some way, we're going to believe that those person's choices have information about what we're going to like. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I see a lot of people, you know, a lot of people strive for this idea of, of having something go viral. That's, you know, I, I make fun of some of the people that, you know, that really talk about that. <laughs> that That is their goal. Uh, because a lot of times I see people that, that, I mean, it's, you know, put a cat on a skateboard, put some sunglasses on them, video them. You've got something that, that for whatever reason, a lot of people want to watch. But how do you tie that to objectives of a business? That is certainly the key thing that many brands or organizations forget. They often become so enamored with creating content that people want to share, making something viral, that they forget to make that virality valuable. Because at the end of the day, that's the goal. Unless you're a content creator, uh, unless your goal is to create funny content, you're hoping that the content you're creating will, will help your brand. Uh, and so what's important to do, is, as I talk about in the book, is build a Trojan horse story. Uh, we all know that famous uh, story of the Trojan horse where the, the Greeks hide inside that wooden horse. Um, and most stories are actually like Trojan horses. Uh, they have a moral, for example, hidden inside. So the Trojan horse was beware of Greeks bearing gifts or beware of your enemies, particularly when they're being nice to you. Most famous uh, stories have a moral, whether it's, uh, you know, the boy who cried wolf, uh, which is don't lie, or uh, the three little pigs, uh, you know, work hard and it'll pay off. And if, if you have kids, you realize that kids don't want to just hear the moral. They need that story to pay attention. The story gets them engaged, but the moral comes along for the ride. And that's the goal, I think. To build valuable morality, you need to build a Trojan horse story. You need to build an exterior that's entertaining or engaging. No one's going to share an ad. They don't want to advertise for your brand. But if you can give them content that they want to pass on, either because it makes them look good or it's useful, but your brand is hidden inside, it's an integral detail to that story, it gets to come along for the ride. Almost like Will It Blend, that famous campaign from a few years ago from the company Blendtec, where they show a blender tearing through an iPhone. It's an amazing video. People share it because they can't believe, wow, a blender could, could tear an iPhone to shreds. That's pretty impressive. But at the end of the day, that video got millions of hundreds of millions of views. Uh, but it also carried the message of the brand. This is a really tough blender. The blender can tear through an iPhone. It must be good. And so they didn't just create engaging content. They created a Trojan horse story to carry their message. Yeah, and of course that one was brilliant because it was at the time when the iPhone was new and people were actually still trying to get their hands on it. And, and here they were actually destroying one. I, I think that was a, a, a sub sort of message in that that, made it, uh, that really made it take off. Certainly. And, and one other idea I talk about in the book is this notion of triggers relating your message or idea uh, to other things that are going on in the environment. Oreo did a great job of this during the Super Bowl where they had that tweet uh, about, you know, the lights being out uh, and, and people talking about Oreos because uh, they'll eat them when the lights are off. That became part of the conversation because it was linked to a topic that lots of people were talking about. 
And to the degree that you can get your idea to be triggered by the environment, a prevalent uh, conversation in the environment, you're going to be much more successful. Yeah, you're actually starting, I know that you have uh, the, these six steps, and I, I think we're, we're leaking them out sort of one at a time. So I, <laughs> I, I do want to come back to kind of the, the outline of those steps. Uh, but, but one yeah. other uh, question I did want to um, focus on, because I, I, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. You know, there are a lot of people that say, you know, even negative um, campaigns, uh, you know, things that go viral that maybe aren't altogether positive um, has some value as well. What, w what would be your take on that? I, I'd say two things to that. F first of all, if people are sharing lots of negative word of mouth about you, you want to figure out why. Don't, don't start by worrying a word about word of mouth. Start by worrying about the problem. Is there something that consumers are unhappy with? Is there a feature that's breaking down? Is your customer service terrible? Uh, is, you know, does no one like the beef bourguignon on the menu? Uh, figuring out what those problems are and fixing them, everyone will give you credit for that and for being authentic in your responses to that, and that will help. Secondly, if you're a small business, um, even negative word of mouth can help. We've done some research on negative publicity, for example, that shows that uh, for small businesses or products or ideas that people didn't know a lot about previously, even negative can increase success because it makes that business or idea more top of mind. Uh, for example, everyone knows the movie Borat that came out a few years ago that poked relentless fun at the country of Kazakhstan uh, with Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, yet in inquiries about that country went up 300% uh, on travel websites after the movie came out because no one had really thought about that country previously. So even negative can help, but I think the more important point is to solve the problem because that will, will make customers appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I think there are a lot of, of, of products or people or concepts that actually have a um, – you know, a polarizing effect, and and so there, um, there are people that uh, you know. There's there's some books that have been very popular recently that uh, they're they have as many one star this book is awful reviews as they have five star this book is awesome reviews. And I think sometimes that that, that when people are really trashing something, it, it really raises the curiosity level to the point where some people then make their own decision. Definitely. And curiosity is one thing. If it's so bad, I, I want to check it out and, and see, is it that bad? Yeah. Uh, but even beyond curiosity, you know, just think about the fact that if something says something is not good, uh, you may not remember that they said it was good or bad, but you remember that you heard about it. And you might not remember why. And so that makes you more aware of it and more likely to, to ch check it out. Well, uh, and, and something... Oh, I was going to say, and considering the source, too. I mean, every time the Catholic uh, Church bans a movie, you can guarantee that's going to be a bestseller. Certainly, and that's part, partially about the curiosity, but right. also because it acts as an advertisement. Yeah. Suddenly there's a movie that no one knew about that's getting a lot of attention. And so even if people don't remember why the Catholic Church said don't see it, they might remember they heard something about it and be more likely to check it out. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, go back to the these six steps and, and maybe... Um, just uh, so we don't give away everything, um, because I think the book certainly sets up and uses lots of case studies for each of these points. But uh, maybe let's go go through and just kind of set them up. You know what you mean by so so the the acronym steps S T E P P S uh, starts with social currency. Social currency is the idea that people talk about or share things that make them look good, yeah. that make them seem smart and in the know. Uh, so uh, a great example of this happened uh, a few months ago now 
uh, LinkedIn actually sent emails out to many of their customers uh, saying, your profile is in the top 1% or 5% of all profiles on LinkedIn. Uh, and this made people feel good. Uh, they felt special. I have some status. Uh, but tens of thousands of people also shared this with others because they wanted others to know that they were special. Uh, and so the key idea of social currency is if something makes us look good, uh, if we get upgraded uh, based on our frequent flyer status, uh, if we get invited to a soft opening of a restaurant before that restaurant opens right. to the public, uh, if we get a limited edition product, if we you know, had a really good round of golf, if we baked a cake that won a prize in the local, uh, local bake-off, anything that makes us look good, we're going to talk about and share. But along the way, we often talk about and share the brands or the organizations or the companies that made us look good. Yeah, if I, we get invited to a soft opening, we have to say, hey, we got invited to right. a soft opening from Restaurant X, and that helps the word spread about Restaurant X. Uh, yeah, and of course, obviously, we now have so many tools to spread the word, too, and, and so, you know, Brands are making it really easy to share that experience. Uh, let's talk about uh, triggers then. Triggers, and we talked a little bit about this already, is the key idea that if something is top of mind, it will be tip of tongue. The more we're thinking about something, the more we are to talk about it. So if I said, for example, peanut butter and, you might think of what word? Ch uh, chocolate, I guess. Oh, <laughs> jelly. Jelly. Sorry, jelly. Sorry, you caught me, you caught me <laughs> when I, I, I was uh, not, not ready for lunch yet. No, no problem. I think many people would say peanut butter and jelly, right? And, and, and their peanut butter is almost like a little advertisement of jelly. Yeah, uh, even true. though you, know, you might not have thinking about jelly, sure, sure, thinking about sure. peanut butter makes you think about what it's, what it's paired with. And so that's the idea of triggers. If something is triggered by the environment, if something makes your idea or product top of mind, people are going to be more likely to talk about it. Yeah, I, I can't not mow the lawn, regardless of what time of day it is, and not have a beer afterwards. So I, I get that one, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> Emotion, and and I, and I love you know one of the things you did was study the New York Times uh, most emailed uh, list, and it really gave you some some clues into you know what really grabs people, didn't it? It did, and you might think that people share positive emotions and don't share negative emotions, but what our research shows is that it's not just about the positivity of the emotion; it's about the activation or arousal level. Some emotions like anger are high arousal, they fire us up. And other negative emotions like sadness are low arousal, they deactivate us. And so it's not just whether emotion makes us feel good or bad, it's also whether it activates us or drives us to share. Um, we're up to what, number four, public. Public is, is the idea that if something is built to show, it's built to grow. There's that famous phrase, monkey see, monkey do, which points out two things. First. We, we tend to imitate others. Uh, if you're looking for a restaurant, for example, and uh, you're in an area of town you don't know much about, you'll look in the parking lot to see if there are a lot of cars, or you'll look in the front window to see if it's busy, assuming that, wow, if it's busy, it must be good. So we use others as information, but that monkey see part is also really important. We can't see what others are doing. We can't imitate it. And so the key idea of public is by making things more observable, it will be more likely that others will imitate people's behavior and that thing will catch on. Yeah, it's like the tip jar at the coffee shop, right? If there's no money in it, you're not as compelled to throw some. But if it looks like everybody that came there that day put a buck in, you're probably going to do it, aren't you? 
Certainly, and, and, and smart bartenders or smart uh, baristas will often put a few dollars in to seed right, the tip jar right, right. <laughs> because they want other people to think, wow, other, others are donating it. It must be worth donating. Yeah, it's, it's, I give a lot of presentations, and it's, it's funny how uh, I can sit there and go, okay, any questions, any questions, any questions? And until that first person asks a question, um, it, it, you know, the floodgates won't open. So a lot of, I, I know a lot of speakers do the same thing. They sort of seed a few questions so that it uh, gets the ball rolling. Uh, the second P is practical. Practical is about practical value. It is about useful information. Uh, we don't just share things that make us look good or, or give us social currency. We also share things that help others, that make their lives better off. Uh, so I share a video, uh, a clip in the, the book about a guy named Ken Craig who got a video to go viral about uh, corn. Ten million views for a video about corn. He's an 86-year-old guy. You're probably sitting there going, corn, what's, what's viral about corn? But it was just pure useful information. The video shows how to eat corn uh, in a way that's much easier than you might usually think. And so people often share whether it's deals or uh, helpful information, the top 10 superfoods you should be eating. Useful information gets passed on. We have to understand how to highlight our practical value, how to show that, that your brand, for example, or your restaurant, your service has, has remarkable value to the consumer. Yeah, I, I know, you know, quite often, I've been blogging for years now, and I know, you know, quite often lists, uh, posts that have lists of things or posts that have lots of tools uh, linked to them, you know, are always the ones that people love to share. And I think it's it goes certainly uh, to that point. I, I also wrote a book about, uh, my, my second book was called The Referral Engine, and that was really one of the points that I made, one of the main points I made in there. A lot of people are really hesitant to ask for referrals, and, and I think that, that if you're doing a good job, people are really wired. They have lots of, you know, both social currency and this idea of practical uh, to, to really share uh, your story, share your company. So the last point, stories, uh, which you are already alluded to, but uh, it, it becomes sort of the carrier of it, doesn't it? It does, and, and that's a perfect word, John, to, to think about a carrier or a vessel. Uh, no one wants to advertise for you. Even if, if they're referring you, as you just nicely said, there's a reason. They're referring you because it makes them look good, or they're referring you because they want to help others. So you want to build that Trojan Horse story that we talked about before. Build a narrative, uh, build a piece of content, build an engaging vessel or carrier that allows your brand to come along for the ride. Fit in those, those key motives that we've talked about, that social currency, that emotion, that practical value, those triggers. Uh, but along the way, build a story around it so that people will share your brand at their seeming like just sharing idle chatter. So, so if I'm this person listening and I'm thinking, well, gosh, I, I, I have a good story. We do good work. Uh, how can we do something, whether it's a piece of content or a campaign, to, that, that we really can get this uh, sharing going? And, and um, the reason I set that up is because I, I've, um, I've looked through some of your resources that you've produced, and, and you, really, uh, you, you have two resources that, that I'll, I'll mention and maybe you can highlight a little bit uh, that I think are great. One is, uh, is on JonahBurger.com. You, you actually have a, a, a guide, if you will, for how to, how to create a campaign, don't you? I do. We, we built a workbook. I often get calls from companies, and I, I often do consulting in this space, but sometimes people say, hey, we don't have the, the money to, to pay you for consulting. Is there any way you can, can help us out? And so we built this free workbook. Anybody can download it. It's on uh, jonaburger.com under the resources tab, and it basically walks people through applying these ideas. 
I do the same exercise in my course at the Wharton School, helping people walk through their company or their business uh, in a workshop fashion to think about, well, how can I apply each of these concepts? How can I bake in social currency? How can I increase the number of triggers? And so it's sort of a a step-by-step, almost paint-by-numbers approach to make your content and make your brand more contagious. Yeah, I think a lot of times uh, business owners have all the answers. They just need somebody to set up the questions the right way for them, and I think that that guide (laughs) guide does that very well. Um, The the second one is uh, viralityexplained.com, and I really love that because you you take a couple – of the case studies from the book and well-known stories, and, and you really then say, well, here's why this worked. And you, you want to set that one up a little more? We, we often see viral videos, you know, whether it's uh, Gangnam Style or the Harlem Shake or uh, the one with Red Bull diving from outer space, uh, you know, the famous commercial with Volkswagen and, and, and Star Wars. Uh, and we, we wonder, well, why are so many people sharing this thing? What about this thing made it a hit? Uh, and so Virality explained, uh, explained sorry, uh, just walks through each of these and helps us understand the why behind them. Why did so many people share that piece of content, and how can that help us understand the, the science of transition? Yeah, and I, and I think I, for many people, myself included, that that's one of the best ways to learn. I think uh, is is to really have somebody take the thing apart and deconstruct it, and uh, then I think you can start applying the, those very uh, tactics or or ideas uh, to something you're trying to do. So, Jonah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, Contagious, Why Things Catch On uh, is a book that ought to be in every marketer's uh, library these days. And, and I'm glad that you pointed out, really, for the, for the, the reasons of, of all the online things that we see, but certainly also for uh, that, that offline uh, and, and getting, uh, getting that neighbor to talk across the fence is, is certainly just as important. So I uh, appreciate you joining us, and great book, and uh, hopefully we'll see you out there on the road. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it.